Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Southside Beat. My name is Chris Halleck. Uh, Maybe joining me today will be Corey Christen. We'll see. Not sure yet. (laughs) Um... Uh, he's going to try. Uh, he is uh, currently at the um, convention center in downtown Indianapolis uh, covering the uh, covering the combine. And uh, I think he's available. The problem is, is that it wouldn't be an NFL event without crappy Wi-Fi. Uh, and that's exactly what's happening right now is him trying to battle the. Uh... <laughs> we already had betting lines going on. On whether Corey was going to show up today. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. So, no, we will we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, it's no quality Corey as of right now. But really, it's no quality NFL because it's really the NFL's fault for always having crappy Wi-Fi at just about every single uh, event or stadium. I honestly cannot remember an event or a game that I covered in which the Wi-Fi wasn't a problem at some point. Um, I have covered way more Major League Baseball games than NFL games, and I could probably count on one hand how many times I had issues with Major League Baseball Wi-Fi. Um, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, and for the NFL being the richest league in the in the world, um they should they should be better somehow i don't know i i when it comes to technology and stuff like that i, I i'm i'm a little uh um <laughs> i'm a little <laughs> i don't know man you guys are cracking me up with this man <laughs> mike texas says we need to pitch in and get these guys hot spots <clears throat> shoot man like the oh wait 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 we might have Corey. hold on hold on we'll see we'll see <laughs> we're trying we're efforting we, we we've been talking pretty much you've you and the nfl wi-fi have been the discussion uh for the first three minutes of the show two and a half minutes of the show 
it, it's still not working. Frozen. <laughs> still not working. Hold on, stand by. Stand by. How's your Wi-Fi? Or I mean, your hotspot. Oh, there we go. Let me text him. Let's see how. Let's see. Let's see if we can try to try to get this going. Shows off to a great start. Probably still get better report card uh, report card grades than the Steelers did with the NFLPA. <gasps> That's going to be a topic of conversation today. Um, let me text him real quick. Just try hotspot, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Hello. How about hotspot? I'm on there. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be an NFL event if I didn't have the worst Wi-Fi connection. I was just world. saying that, like like I said, I have I have rec- I have I have covered way more Major League Baseball games and had significantly uh, better Wi-Fi uh, at Major League Baseball games than ever. I I cannot think of it like I said it already, but I cannot think of an NFL game or event that I've covered in which the Wi-Fi wasn't a problem at some point. Yep. Even if it was for 30 seconds, it was just still something where it's like, oh, the Wi-Fi is down or yeah. something. It's bad. It's really bad here. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm okay for now. Uh, no, it's not Art Rooney Wi-Fi. This is Roger Goodell Wi-Fi. This is out of Art Rooney's jurisdiction. Okay, I think I'm back on the tracks for now. Hello. You haven't broken up at all. I mean, it looks like it looks like everything's everything's working out right now. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the... <laughs> Indiana Convention Center, where you need your own hotspot. I think that's an investment. They should have that in the notes, like the media notes before these events. Bring your own hotspot if you want to live. That's what it should start with. Yeah, it's uh, Wi-Fi is always an issue at NFL events. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, oh boy! All right, so I think we do need to get. In. I think we were originally going to go with uh, some actual combine stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we will talk about combine stuff, but I think we do need to uh, talk about the big, gigantic, stinky elephant in the room. Uh, you know, last year it was bad. Uh, the report card uh, from the NFLPA um, when it came to you know the Steelers' grades and everything, it got significantly worse this yeah. year. Just when he thought it couldn't. Yeah. Like I remember uh, I was covering the combine last year when that report card came out and I'm thinking like, Ooh, okay. Like these are not some good. These are not so th- th- these aren't very good. You know, th- these are pretty bad. And then, um, Oh boy. Uh, today, I mean, F minus for uh treatment of families. I mean, you can't get, you can't get any worse than that. Really? I mean, you I, can, you could finish I've had 30 seconds. I've had some pretty bad day. My kids have been in a few different daycares and I've had some pretty, I've had you know a couple of good ones. And then I could think of one specifically that was very bad, but I don't know if I would give them an F minus. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, whew. I mean, I, I don't know if you have it pulled up or not, but I mean, I some do. of the, some of the descriptions and stuff like that and, and reason reasoning, um, uh, for some of these things are, are laid out a little bit, but uh, I think go the into biggest issue, I think the biggest issue with it was like daycare stuff and, and like game, for game day, days and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In the game day treatment, like what services they provide for the families on game day. I think that had a big part to do with it. Um, they got an F for the locker room and then an F for ownership and then an F minus you get an F minus that's, that's worse than that, failing. That, that's failing at failing that's at rock that bottom. Point. I mean, that, that's rock bottom. Yeah. You, you don't get any worse than that. Right. 
um, a, a D in nutrition, a D plus in the training room, a D in team travel. Like it, it looks bad. The only thing they got above an uh, A minus in was the head coach, was Mike Tomlin. So, Mike Tomlin got an A, yeah. Again, if you want to reaffirm the the outlook of Mike Tomlin and the support that he gets from the players, there it is, right there in the Players Association survey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the obvious blemish here, there's two of them really, um, was is the facilities and Art Rooney. I, I yeah. mean, when you look at the South Side, Chris, you've been in that building. It's not state of the art by any means. It is. It's not rickety. It's not no, condemned no. by any means either. But it's not state of the art. There need to be upgrades made to that facility and. You know, some might say the argument is, well, when they share that with Pitt, there's only a finite amount of space. I don't know how much I buy that. I think it's a little bit valid, but I can't buy into that as the whole thing. Are Rooney getting an F and being 31st in the league among, you know, players' thoughts on the ownership? That's bad. That's, I, I mean, like you could put as much weight into this survey as you want, but when the players are saying that, that's bad. So I have a few different takeaways. <clears throat> from this uh the first thing is the a for mike tomlin again if you want to know what the players think of mike tomlin bada bing bada boom it's it's right there yep. um <clears throat> so mike tomlin does not matter how much he uh loses the fans on his constant tomlinisms and cliches or the way he manages the clock or does or doesn't use his timeouts or how he does it does or doesn't use his challenge flag regardless the message never gets stale for the players on the south side regardless of how long they've been there um mike tomlin is revered by um by the players and that is one of the main reasons why uh players would want to play for the steelers right now is because of mike tomlin um speaking of revered there's one uh, I can remember players such as Ben Roethlisberger and there's a few others, but Ben really stands out of how much they revered Dan Rooney and how much Dan Rooney was just celebrated and how every time he walked into the locker room, how um, there was, um, it it seemed like the world stopped for him And, and not because he demanded that just because the players gave that to him. And I'm not saying that I don't see the same thing on the South side, but what I am saying is that if, if the, if the grades here, if he gets an F in a grade on something, you know, pretty, I will say this to a point is pretty arbitrary. I mean, it's not like, I I don't think if you were to sit down with every single player that they all would hate on art Rooney, but I also don't think that now I don't know. I I honestly don't know the history of these report cards, but I'd be shocked to see if Dan Rooney got anything close to that. Right. Just based off of the way that the players have talked about him. Um, and, and so it's one of those situations where I do kind of wonder, you know, like, like how much does, does art take this as, as criticism, you know, or, or, or you know, what, is, what is he going to try to do to, um, to try to at least paint a better picture for how the players view him? Because whether it was half of the players that did the survey or a quarter of the players that did the survey, Regardless, is that there's a portion of the locker room that doesn't think very highly of them, apparently. Mm-hmm. Now, um, to, now, to make it kind of like clear of who's voting in this, right? NF- NFLPA contracted a company, Artemis Strategy Group, third party, co- third party company. One thousand seven hundred six players participated in this survey, comprehensive survey with eleven categories. 
So this mm-hmm. isn't just, you know, somebody handing out a piece of paper to Steelers players and say, where would you rank these in the NFL? This is this is a comprehensive thing. So and, and keep in mind that there are players that played in Pittsburgh that are also ranking these that are now elsewhere. So, you know, just I mean, just plucking a few names that are no longer in Pittsburgh that were at, at points like a Terrell Edmonds, for example, or a Devin Bush or, you know, any other you know, player that was with Pittsburgh, Chase Claypool. Okay, they're seeing these facilities. And by the way, Miami was number one in this ranking for mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, the comprehensive, but they were in the top five for a lot of stuff. So yeah, a player that plays in Miami compared to a player that plays in Pittsburgh, they're going to vote differently. And, and look, again, I, it, this is also just kind of common human sense. Chris, you and I are in that building or have been in that building at points. Mm-hmm. You see what happens around there. You see what it looks like. You see how things are treated around there. I would agree. It's not state of the art by any means, but again, it's not condemned either, but no, there needs to be upgrades made to that place. I, I will, I will say this. So I, I currently live, now I'm moving away from it, but I currently live in what might be the football capital of the world. when it comes to like, I know that Ohio is probably the football capital of the world, but Texas is obviously yes. very, very much known. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying I grew up. <laughs> but I'm just saying that Texas is obviously known for its football. Football is uh taken pretty seriously in this state. Um I mean just look at the football stadiums that go up here. Uh it's ridiculous. Uh the one in Allen, Texas. Just if you haven't, just Google high school football stadium in Allen, Texas. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Even yeah. the one that I played in. So one of the biggest ones here that I played in like going all the way back to early two thousands that I played both middle school and high school football in was Memorial stadium in Mesquite, Texas. And if I'm not mistaken, Go skaters, let me, baby. let me, let me try Let me, let me try <laughs> Memorial stadium in Mesquite, Texas. Uh, and if you want to look at an Ohio stadium, a cathedral, if you will, for a high school stadium, it's Maslin, Maslin high school. It's that, it's sta- that stadium. stadium. That stadium in Mesquite holds almost 20,000 fans. I believe it. This is high school. So what I'm saying, the whole point of me saying that is that I have seen some high school facilities here that I would say rival to a certain extent the Steelers South Side. Like just, you know, to a certain extent. And this, the I I can tell you right now, I haven't been in in a high school anything in at least over a decade. Um, <laughs> I was definitely not hood. Mesquite. Mike so says Chris Mesquite, was hood if he played in Mesquite. Hey, listen, I moved from Mesquite in 2015. So I lived in Mesquite from 2000 to 2015. I graduated from Poteet in 2005. Anybody that doesn't know Poteet, uh, Malik Jefferson was drafted in the third round by the Bengals. He went to Poteet. Um, uh, Jason Jennings, pitcher for the Rockies back in the day, won National League Rookie of the Year. The first and I think the only player in baseball history to pitch a complete game shutout and hit a home run in his major league debut yeah. was Jason Jennings, Poteet alum Jason Jennings. So some some right. some cool stuff. But uh yeah, it's just like overall though, like the fact that we can even put uh the fact that we can even put high school facilities in the same sentence as the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh bleeping Steelers, like like that should not be Number one for me, I don't think Pitt should be anywhere in the same facility. That's just my opinion. I that's not going to be very popular for some people, and that's fine. I you know, I the fact of the matter is, is that these are the this is the Steelers. You should be the the marquee franchise. You should pretty much have whatever you want. 
uh, and not having to be sharing space with the local college, which by the way, if it's for any kind of advantage for potential players you want to draft, I mean, it's an ACC school at the end of the day. It's not the SEC or the Big Ten. I mean, nothing against Pitt, but come on. You never that know should not be. They, that should not. Know, yeah. You never know once this realignment all happens. You never know and nowadays. Um, but by the way, I was I was perusing social media today, and uh, at Steelers History gave us a bone right here with this one. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that one right there from the NFL Combine. A good throwback right there. For all of us to for all of us to witness, I, I have awesome. seen him here. I did get to shake Moan's hand and say hey to him. So drop cool. your emojis in the chat. There's there's our buddy Ramon Foster, way long ago here at this very NFL Combine. So I thought that was cool. Ramon's here for sure, and he's uh he's doing his thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's chat some NFL Combine stuff. Um, number one, uh, you will not see me tomorrow on this program because Omar Khan will be speaking at the same time that this program begins. So Omar Khan will be speaking with local reporters at 3 o'clock. Um, they're doing it at the hotel right around where the convention center is. It's a short walk away. And then at 3.30, he's scheduled to do big podium, like all the other GMs and some coaches have done here in Indy. So Omar Khan tomorrow at 3 and 3.30. Um, today has been about the linebackers and defensive linemen. So for those that are unaware, um, if a position is practicing on whatever day it is, they're going to do all their media stuff the day before. So today, defensive linemen and linebackers gave their press conferences, and tomorrow they will practice. Tomorrow, tight ends and defensive backs will give press conferences, and they'll practice the day after, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So that's the way things are going. So today was the first day of player availability, and it was, again, about the DBs and the linebackers. And big name today, Edron Cooper. That was a big name that a lot of uh, at least Pittsburgh media were around today, certainly myself. Um, Edron Cooper, you look at Peyton Wilson, uh, Jeremiah Schroeder Jr., Tommy Eichenberg, Jr. Colson, really a handful of good linebackers. And my big takeaway from this group, I think, is – it's not a um, it's not a splash position, obviously, and I don't know if any are going to go in the first round. But I think there's a consensus that, like, once it gets to a certain level, it kind of levels off with that position. And I don't think there's really one that's head and shoulders above the other in this class, like Jack Campbell was with the rest of the linebackers last year. But I do think that when you look at what the Steelers need, I think not only that they need an off-ball linebacker, which I wrote about today, but mm-hmm. they need a young off-ball linebacker they need somebody to infuse some youth into that room and 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 some really high-end youth into that room I mean in in you know an inside linebacker hasn't been drafted in the top 10 since 2020 like this isn't a position where you know you're going to go get one really really early so you have to think second round third round somewhere day two the Steelers will be in play as Jeff mentions here that's what I think for one of these inside linebackers and, and Barbara, yeah. thank you for five gifted. If you got one, 
Make sure yeah, you I, I, I actually I picked the wrong thing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, listen, we, we've talked about, I think we talked about it late last week and, uh, you know, I think uh, off-ball linebacker is going to be a topic of conversation as my dog scratches himself right next to me, so his collar is jingling. Ah, oh, this dog, man. Does everything <laughs> loudly. Um, no, so um, you know, off-ball linebacker is going to be a uh, obviously going to be a position that that should be looked at for sure, and you know there there will be uh, opportunities to possibly take one uh, even in the earlier rounds. And again, I think that goes back to you know who's the best player available whenever they get on the clock. Um, you know, if tackles and cornerbacks are flying off the shelf and, you know, if they already took care of center and there's just not a tackle or, um, defensive lineman or any other position that's really worth reaching to get and your best player available really is an off ball linebacker, then why not get one? Um, you know, regardless of what happens in free agency. And I think that's the big thing that I'm going to keep hammering home here is that, you know, so many fans will focus on the draft and and look at players for what the Steelers need. And sure, like th- sometimes those things can align. You know, Jackson Powers Johnson very well could be uh, a great pick in the first round and just happens to also play a position that the Steelers need to upgrade. Um, but at the same time, you know, the the, the Steelers need to take care of their needs in free agency. That That's always what free agency should be for. Free agency should be for addressing what you need on the roster to fill out your holes that way so that whenever you get to the draft, you are free to draft best player available every time you get onto the clock. And so there will be off-ball linebackers available, and uh, there are some. Uh, Cooper is really interesting. Uh, I haven't been able to do too much like deep-diving homework. I, I spent a lot of the past couple of days looking at quarterbacks. Um, yeah. specifically Justin Fields, if you haven't read Chalk Talk yet. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I plan to do more and more, especially the closer and closer we get to the draft. Uh, but it's definitely a position that I think the Steelers have to address at some point. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they ended up taking one at some point in this draft. Yeah. Uh, C-Note mentions uh, they signed Jeremiah Moon, of course, of the Ravens. I don't think that's good enough to just no. immediately say they're not going to draft a guy early. It's not even about the talent at this stage. It's about talent plus youth. They have to get younger at that position. Uh, Cole Holcomb's going into a year where he's coming off a serious knee injury. He's got two years left on his contract. Atlanta Roberts has one year left on his contract. Quan Alexander's free agent. And Mark Robinson hasn't developed into, let's be blunt, anything. So they need a productive off-ball linebacker, and they need a young one. It just makes logical sense to look for one of these guys in the first few rounds of this draft. It's just a matter of, in my opinion, where they do it. Now, there's a lot of really good options. Edron Cooper, to me, really prototypical run stopper and has upside, I think, in coverage. Mm-hmm. I like Peyton Wilson a lot. I like his athletic ability a lot. I like his coverage ability a lot. Um, Junior Colson out of Michigan, another really good run stopper who has some upside in coverage. Tommy Eichenberg could be there in like a like a late day, th- uh, late day two, early day three kind of thing. Uh, Cedric Gray out of Carolina has got some talent. There's There's really a handful, but like I said, I think really, or Jeremiah Trotter Jr., of course, as well, uh, good lineage. And uh, C-Note says Peyton Wilson seems like a stealer. I think you're right. And by the way, Peyton Wilson's brother, uh, for the Pirates fans out there, is Bryce Wilson with the S. And he pitched for the Pirates a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the, the linebacker that seems like a stealer is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. If we learn anything about Mike Tomlin last year in the draft, it's that he loves family lineage. It's that he loves players who have either dads or brothers that play in the NFL or have played in the NFL. Uh, yeah. See TJ and Derek Watt. See Cam and Connor Hayward. See 
Nick and Nate Herbig, see Joey Porter Jr. That's four examples right there, just in mm-hmm. recent memory. So yeah, if and Trotter said he met with the Steelers, and there's you know obviously a handful that said today they met with the Steelers. So um, that's the guy. If if there's a Steeler, right? Like you yeah, look at the meme Steeler, right? It's Trotter, to, in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, like I said, you know, it's definitely a position. You know, I think one of the main reasons why off-ball linebacker isn't talked about as much when it comes to the draft is because. If you look at, you know what what position what positions are being paid specifically, you know, it's not it's not so simple to to go out like okay you need to upgrade cornerback okay it's not so simple to just go out and buy one in free agency, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, yeah right you you're going to have to pay if you want to really get some high quality at cornerback you you're going to have to pay top dollar for it, um, same thing with edge rusher. The same thing with tackle, you know, and there's a reason why, for whatever reason, you know, building up the middle makes a lot of sense, you know, in, in terms of, okay, you know, you, you know, the interior of your line and quarterback and, you know, the middle of your defensive line and linebackers and safeties. But it seems like all of the money in the NFL is on the, is on the outside. It's that cornerback. It's that receiver. Right. It's at edge rusher. You know, that that's where the big it's at tackle, you know, it's at it's more on the on the outside and on the edges. And so if if you if you swing and miss on an inside linebacker or an off ball linebacker in the draft, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's it it, kind of sucks. And obviously the Steelers have been going through that ever since trying to replace Ryan Shazier. They haven't been able to do that yet. And that's that includes trading up to get Devin Bush. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Even through doing, you know, a few, you know, I would say kind of tier two or tier three free agent signings last year, the Steelers upgraded and overhauled that position without having to invest a boatload of money into one guy uh, where the position was pretty productive, not like one of the tops in the league, but definitely helped. Um, it helped kind of close off the middle of the field to the point so that allowed, you know, the rest of the defense to do what they needed to do. Um, it's just, and that's why when you, when you obviously invest draft picks, you invest draft picks into the positions that are going to cost the most amount of money. Cornerback is, is one of them. I think about, you're going to have Joey Porter jr. For at least for another three years at a very, very affordable cost. Um, and he could possibly be one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah. I mean, he's our, I mean, he's already, you know, showing signs of being, you know, similar to what sauce Gardner was as a rookie. I mean, so that's a very there you're not going to get be able to go out to the free agent market and get that for an affordable price. Yeah. And so that's why um I think that's why off-ball linebacker is, you know, it's definitely a position that you possibly take, but I don't think it's a position that's highly prioritized whenever it comes to a lot of teams in the draft. Uh, Darren asked, did Dino Tomlin get an invite to the combine? No, he did not. Uh, Mike Tomlin's son Dino is coming out for the draft, uh, product of Boston College. He did not get an invite uh, to the NFL Combine. I just made sure to double-check that. Uh, question from Mark. Do you guys think there's a chance we trade back in round one or trade Deontay to pick up extra picks? I don't think they're going to trade Deontay Johnson. Trade. No, I don't, I don't say, think they're going to trade Deontay Johnson. So as, for as much as everybody is trying to tell us to stop talking about the Justin Fields trade stuff, I'm going to try to – I'm going to throw this back at you. Stop talking about the Deontay trade stuff. <laughs> I, I think there's a better chance the Steelers trade for Justin Fields than that than, than they trade Deontay Johnson. I agree to that. As we uh, sit as we sit right now, and I don't think okay. either one's going to happen. 
Uh, to address Mark's first question, though, do you think there's a chance the Steelers trade back in round one? I certainly do. It depends on how things fall, first off. And number two, it depends on, in my opinion, what they're prioritizing as far as position goes. And again, if they feel – we talked about this example the other day. If they go look at these centers, okay, and they say, we like Zach Frazier more than Jackson Powers Johnson, and other teams are likely going to value Powers Johnson over Frazier. Now, what if – whether it's the Rams or maybe we talked about the idea of, you know, it, it, if Miami, who picks at 21 and they need a center, thinks the Steelers might have an in with Jackson Powers Johnson, do they try to trade up ahead of the Steelers? Maybe that would allow the Steelers to move back a bit to get Frazier, who might be their guy anyway. It just kind of depends on how the draft is going to fall. Um, really, also, one more quick uh, note, programming note for the Combine. Tomorrow is cornerbacks and tight ends. So, Cooper DeGene fans... MJ Devonshire fans, Nate Wiggins fans, uh, you know, uh, Terry and Arnold fans, get ready. Tomorrow's your day. Oh, boy. So, there you go. Tomorrow's corner. Quinion Mitchell, tomorrow's your day uh, for, for the cornerbacks. It's uh, it's a fun time, man. The yeah, cornerback is obviously going to be a topic of discussion. It was last year. Um, it's just it's it's an it's a big need for for the for the Steelers. It just is. And so. Um, yeah, uh, by the way, I saw somebody say, uh, uh, quid pro quo. And every time I see that, I think squid pro row, which is Austin powers trying to say the same thing every time. Yes. yes. So it, it gets, it gets me, uh, it just, every time I see it, I have to say it. It's like a, it's like that you have an itch in your brain and you can't scratch it. Um, what says, what says the gene sitting out? Yes, he is. However, mm-hmm. he's still here to interview and, uh, interview with teams, obviously speak with teams and he's going to do his media availability as well. So right. he's not going to do drills, but he will be here uh, for everything else. Yeah, and that that's you know that's typical. You 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 want to you know even if you're not going to work out, you know you still want to meet with you know, put yourself available to meet with teams, and um, you know that's a, a a very very important part of the draft process. And so, um, but you know him not doing the workouts again, you know that a lot of people will focus on that kind of stuff and 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 think okay, what's well, going to hurt his draft stock? But again, the combine is more for the meeting with the meetings with the players more than it is for the actual stuff that goes on on the field at Lucas oil stadium. Right. That That's stuff right. is again, it's there to confirm the stuff that you've been seeing on tape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and they're not, it's, if anything, it's not even, I think in terms of evaluating what a player can do and, and being able to see up close, I think the senior bowl is actually a little bit more valuable because there's actual football, stuff going on there. There's one-on-ones between offensive linemen and defensive linemen. You know, there's one-on-ones between receivers and cornerbacks. There's none of that stuff going on at the combine. This is all 40 yard dash and bench press reps and, you know, uh, you know, all the cone drills and, you know, it's all stuff that's going to measure speed, agility, power, uh, verticals and all that kind of stuff. Like it's all measurable stuff. And so that's why this, this event is mostly about having your formal meetings, your informal meetings, getting to know these guys a little bit better before start going on the pro day circuit, having your top 30 visits, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, two quick uh, combine related notes that I took down today. Uh, number one, uh, neither of Adisa Isaac or Chop Robinson out of Penn State, uh, neither of them said they met with the Steelers or plan to meet with them. Now, read into that what you will, because number one, Robinson's more of a first round pick and Spoiler to nobody, the Steelers don't need an edge rusher right now. Really? Um, no, they do not need an edge rusher right now. Now, Adisa Isaac, maybe a day two guy. If the Steelers really like him, maybe then. 
Um, but keep in mind also that just because they don't meet with a team or a team doesn't meet with a player at the combine doesn't mean there's no interest. Like there still could be top 30. There still could be a plethora of other things. Teams get 45 players to talk to at the combine and they only get, I think it was 18 minutes uh, with each mm-hmm. team. It, it's, it's a small amount of time. Yeah. So those get prioritized here and then teams will get to submit for their top 30 visits. So they get 30 prospects to bring into the South side. They can pick from that 45 or they don't have to. So yeah. just going to keep that in mind. And another one, uh, the most interesting thing I heard today was from uh, Johnny Newton, Illinois defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. He said he works back home with a coach who is nicknamed fatty and the drill that he has him doing every day is thrusting his hands into a wall to help build strength oh, wow. for his hands and arms. 500 Jeez. times. He says 500 times with each hand he does it. Wow. So there you go. Most interesting thing I heard today. Um, you know, it's funny, Sebastian. Tavondre Sweat was supposed to meet with media today, didn't, rescheduled it, and I didn't get to make it there. So I don't have an answer uh, on Tavondre Sweat today. But I spoke to him at the Senior Bowl. He seemed really excited about meeting with Mike Tomlin, meeting with the Steelers at the senior bowl. So take that for what you will at this moment. Yeah. Uh, final thought for me, uh, kind of final two thoughts, you know, Mark says here, I just heard a rumor that Deontay might have another hold and waiting for a new contract. Uh, the same, same thing that I kind of said yesterday, all these rumors just kind of take, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, unless you hear something substantial, um, you know, or, or something that you can really put your finger on um, from from a reliable place. Um, I just kind of take it with a grain of salt, which is why, you know, it, it, even despite all the quarterback talk that we've been having here, we've constantly had to say over and over and over again, <laughs> these are not likely scenarios that we know what the most likely scenario is. Um, the second thing is, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, these, uh, you know, we're, you know, these grades from the NFL PA, uh, I think it's something that the Steelers need to look at. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know too much about the history of these report cards. I just know that last year's was bad. This year's was worse. Um, I'll be at the owner's meetings in, in a few weeks. Um, Art Rooney, the second will obviously be there. It's the owner's meetings. It's the, well, it's technically called the annual meeting, but it's, it's called the owner's meetings because all 32 owners are there and they're there to vote on certain rules and other things like that, that are going to, you know, possibly affect the upcoming season. So, um, so it's, um, it's something that will come up. It came up last year. Um, he addressed it, um, said, you know, things like, well, they're always looking to improve the the facilities and, 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 you know, so on and so forth. But, uh, I think, you know, with this becoming a trend, uh, you know, to quote Mike Tomlin to a pattern, you know, when, with this, you know, happening more and more, I, I think this is something that, I'm curious to see what Art says in, in in a few weeks. Like I said, whenever he does address, um, you know, the the few of us local reporters that will be at the at the owners' meetings, and uh, I'll be there for that. I'll be there to report on that, and uh, I'd be curious to see what he has to say um, because, you know, when you when you get an F, you know, on a, on on a grade, you know, there. <laughs> you have again, to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just again just really curious yeah. to see what really curious to see what what he, what he says, and. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where you're just kind of interesting. You know, you you're not you're not used to seeing the Steelers be thought of so poorly by the players. Um, but it's eye opening. It's yeah, eye opening. It really the, is. The, the the way of yesteryear doesn't work as it turns out. In in most cases, like 
not to say that things are dated, but there's, you know, when you look at facilities and people are talking about facilities and the way of doing things, mm -hmm. some of it's dated. I mean, it just is what it is at this point. And they have to get with it on some of those fronts. And this is a wake up call, I think, or at least a call for a wake up from the players. Again, this is coming from the players. This isn't my opinion or Chris's opinion or any mm -hmm. writer's opinion. This is the players, the people that are in the building every single day having an opinion on all of this stuff. Um, my final thought, if I could wager it, is just a reminder on events for tomorrow. Um, media availabilities for tight ends and DBs tomorrow morning here in Indianapolis. Um, I'm not going to go to tight end availabilities simply because the Steelers aren't really in the market for a, a rookie tight end at this stage, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But definitely going to be sitting in on a lot of DBs. Um, Cooper DeGene, Quinion Mitchell, uh, Wiggins, Arnold, just to name a few of them that will speak tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, for the Pitt fans out there, MJ Devonshire will be speaking tomorrow. So get to talk to him. And then the big one, or, uh, Omar Khan, 3 o'clock. Um, it won't be live or anything like that. It'll be more like we'll be in the, uh, a local scrum with him. Yep. Um, and then he'll make his way over here to the convention center and do his big scrum at three 30. So, and so Corey, Corey will be following. So that we kind of did something similar last year in which Omar talked with us kind of off in a corner, like right. outside, like right outside of radio row, he kind of like pulled everybody off to a corner and that's where we had our meeting with him. And then like an hour later, he was up at the podium. Now this will be like literally back to back. He'll meet with the reporters and then go straight over to the podium and, you know, do his thing. And so Corey will be, you know, you know, occupied with all that. Uh, he'll be in the local thing. He'll be going to the press conference where Omar talks, even though Omar will probably be giving a lot of the same answers he just gave to the local reporters. There's still the off chance that he's asked a question that no, none of the local reporters asked or that he gives an answer that wasn't given before. And so we have to do our around. We have to do our due diligence, you know, and, so, hang around um, and see what happens, but right. we will do everything we can uh, that during the show while we're live, obviously we're gonna have to get off at a certain point, but during the show, I will have our Steelers feed on DK pulled up, whatever Corey updates from there, that will be uh, talked about on the show. Uh, he might not be able to update the feed as they're talking, depending on the rules. I was, I was just going to say that, that PR lays out. Uh, sometimes those things you can update as it's going on sometimes, like if it's a formal press conference, you can obviously update as often as you can, but like same thing with the art Rooney meeting that, that happens in January, same thing with the Mike Tomlin meeting that happens at the owner's meetings. Those are not live tweeting or live feeds or anything like that. Those are not those type of, uh, meetings. And so I would expect that meeting with Omar Khan to not be like that. So we'll see what Omar says. I will uh, say this though, uh, because yeah. we like, we like making money here. Um, I like shooting video that helps make us money. So you obviously can't shoot video and tweet or not tweet, but post on the feed or, or anything. <laughs> you can't tweet. You can't, you can't videotape and type at the same time on this phone. So um, it's not going to be like a running list of things that are happening, you know, especially since I'm going to be taping the thing. So yeah. um, maybe not immediate, like as he says it, like ding, here it is, but, There'll be content there. Don't worry. Yeah. It'll be there at some point. Um, all right. He's Chris. I'm Corey. We're getting out of here. This has been the South Side Beat. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Peace, everybody. Have a good one.